0: Six Nations and six amazing chances to win an unforgettable adventure for you and five mates in a Six Nations European host city of your choice. To take part, enter online now at greenking.co.uk slash rugby. Six Nations, six mates and six international rugby getaways worth £3,000. Scrum down and sign up to win at greenking.co.uk slash rugby and watch all the Six Nations action live at your local Green King pub. Terms and conditions apply. 18plusdrinkaware.co.uk
1: Hi, it's Alfie here, the presenter of The Ruck. Before we get to this week's episode, I want to tell you about Funding Circle. And to do that, British and Irish Lions, Saracens and England hooker Jamie George is alongside me. How are you, Jamie?
2: All good, mate. How are you?
1: I'm very well, thank you. It's good to have you with us uh, for The Ruck. Now, Funding Circle backs small and medium UK businesses with simple, competitive business finance. And Jamie is a Funding Circle ambassador because, Jamie, not only are you day-to-day a professional athlete, But you're also a business owner as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. I uh, set up a business with a good school friend of mine about six years ago called Carter and George. Um, We're a physio business that effectively tries to deliver the same level of elite care that I get as a professional sportsman to the general public. So the link between physiotherapy and strength and conditioning and rehabilitation, etc. I've
1: been looking for a physio, so I know a good place. I'll get your card after. Funding Circle has supported over 90,000 British businesses with £12 billion in finance since 2010. So, Jamie, simply, how have Funding Circle helped you? Well, obviously, they've got an amazing
2: um, financial product. So, um, our most recent venture is, is trying to grow the business as quickly as we can. We've got five clinics now and we're looking to push on. And obviously, we wouldn't have been able to do that without the help of of Funding Circle and um, the financial support that they were able to give us.
1: So if you're looking to overcome challenges or push your business forward, Funding Circle provides finance that backs you and your business to succeed. Visit FundingCircle.com to find out how Jamie is growing his business backed by Funding Circle. Hello
3: welcome back to The Ruck. Rugby, as we keep on being reminded, is a game where you have to play what you see in front of you, go off script and respond to the circumstances. So... Like the late Newcastle Falcons match winner that stunned the world, we responded to the fact that not a single one of rugby's best podcasters was available for work on a Monday, and so we've gone off script, off calendar, decided to see if we can pull off the same level of rugby conversation on Tuesday instead. Uh, I'm Owen Sott. I'm joined by regulars Alan Dimmick of Rugby World and Adam Hathaway of almost every uh, newspaper going. Good to see you, boys. Hello, Owen. And uh, there's a new kid in town. Apparently in New Zealand they are so worried about the growing threat of the England rugby team that the New Zealand Herald has sent their very own man up here to live and dwell and document every cough, spit, injury and Cipriani argument that England can muster as they stumble, sorry, march ever bravely towards Japan 2019. Uh, so, uh, Liam
4: Napier, great to have you on. Great to be here. I've brought my uh, dictaphone and, and binoculars and uh, and I've staked out Eddie Jones's house. So, yes, it's been... It's great oh you're closer <laughs> than we are then um, so just uh, how long have you been uh, in, in England for uh, about two months now so settling in and um, getting acquainted with everything that um, that's English and, and you're a North Londoner correct I am in, in Holloway so. so Adam would approve
5: yeah, that's quite quite close to me. Oh,
3: must join up for a pint. That's right. What is more baffling to you so far, the politics of Brexit or the politics of English rugby? One and the same almost, aren't they? You <laughs> absolutely right. No, but just just generally, you you've been here 2 months, you are what's particularly struck you about England rugby, the Premiership, European rugby? What what what's surprised you? I mean,
4: there's so much debate and, and and stuff out there at the moment. It's um crazy. You know, getting acquainted with it. You know, when you're in New Zealand, it's it's on at three AM in the morning, and you uh, you're generally not up at that that time of day unless you're an insomniac. So it's been really good just to get a, an appreciation for it, be able to sit down and watch full matches. Um, the European rugby in particular has been brilliant you, know, you only have to look at the weekend some of the talking points come out of that the upsets and the, the cards and everything else so um, just really enjoying being on the ground and being able to watch things in, in at a more leisurely time We
3: in our northern hemisphere insecurity we, we, we think that you think that that, that that it's not quite so good up here <laughs> so I don't know there's a lot of, lot of he said she said so did you come with, with that sort of impression at all or or did you, did you think it was going to be as you found it
4: Look, there's always uh, preconceptions about things, um, but tried to come with an open mind and um, been, you know, reasonably impressed so far with um, some of the the in-t- attacking intent, um, particularly from uh, f- from some of the the backs. Um, you know, it's it's European backs that can attack. us? yes.
3: Yeah. Well, I used the word intent there. He didn't mean <laughs> <he didn't, he laughs> to actually <laughs> execute it. <laughs> no, jeez, we're all just sitting sitting up and proud and pleased life aren't we? If um. So, so one thing that that uh, that has been discussed, um, and and that the, the blazerati of world rugby never managed to pull off, was the idea of a, a of a cross hemisphere um, club competition, uh, uh, the, you know the big knockout between them, um, Super Rugby champions and and, and the champions of uh, of the Heineken Champions Cup, as we now call it. Anyone want to have a go at that? Who will win <coughs> that? Crusaders versus Leinster at the moment, Adam. Where are we playing it? Uh, we have got to play it in the middle, haven't we? So Singapore. Got, where would that be? Yeah, right. Japan. Singapore. Yeah, play it in that air-conditioned stadium, though. Not yeah. In the open uh, what would you like? San Francisco would be fun, wouldn't it? Well, that be a good trip. Okay. Uh, I'll vouch for that. Which is good. Yeah, I'm still
4: good. trying to fudge this answer about who's going to win the game. Whoever's like. paying the most money will host it, won't they? That's <coughs> true,
3: but maybe we can influence it. Okay. And what time of year are we playing it?
4: All right, okay. Which is another...
6: <laughs> Hold on, get it, it in Monaco. Get question. it in Monaco the, the week of the uh, awards, the World Rugby Awards, and you can have that as the flagship match beforehand everyone can go down the casino afterwards
5: ok so they're playing, they're, they're playing in December well so end of November, December so I'll stick my neck out and show my faith in Stuart Lancaster and say that Leinster would win it then.
3: brilliant so it's a win for Stuart Lancaster yeah. um, another one over New Zealand yeah the uh, regular regular listeners will, will understand that Steve Jones will be <laughs> can you turn in your grave on your What do you it'll be, it'll be, it'll be, he'll be turning, on on your sun loader. Sun loader, turning over on his sun lounger ex- exactly
6: Al, you with that? Well, I mean, we'll get on to it to talk about how we all were talking about how Leinster are invincible and then Toulouse somehow come roaring back and turn them over, which is firstly is fantastic for uh, the European competition that Leinster aren't going to mug everyone. Uh, it'd be a hell of a game, though. I think we put too much stock on, on who the coaches are. Uh, Roro Gara, everyone's going to have his eyes on him. Oh, what's how's he going to find this game playing against his compatriots and Stuart Lancaster with Leinster, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think there'd be a lot of balls chucked around and I think it'd be absolutely disgustingly brutal <coughs> I think the breakdown would be car crash to watch, it'd be horrible and amazing at the same time I think, depending on where it is if it's played in the Northern Hemisphere I think Leinster would nip it, but I think it'd be pretty close actually
3: So you don't think we could just slip into into stereotype and say that flashy Kiwis would would show the sort of big thumping clatterers
4: of Dublin how to do it Uh, No, I think the Crusaders will win that. uh, Purely because they've got an all-black-laden four-pack, so if they need to get down and dirty, they can do that. And uh, they've got a world-class 10 in Richie Moanga, who's shown his ability to control a match. And uh, you mentioned Ronan Agar. I think he'd have a fair bit of inside oil as well. It's not going to happen though, is it? So. (laughs) (laughs) No, nah. <laughs> <Nah. laughs> It's probably a good thing It's <laughs> <that's laughs> not going to happen <laughs> well, we're, well We can't uh, keep
3: adding games To
4: the world calendar uh,
3: yeah. Well they, maybe they could sell it As part of the world league Maybe that would be the decider um, Gus Pichot With his uh, fantasy rugby head on um, That's another conversation uh, Al so, so, so you've just done our segue what happened at the weekend? So fascinating European weekend. Leinster, as you say, who a week ago everyone was saying no one's ever going to beat them. Got beaten. Uh, Newcastle, who two weeks ago everyone said no not got not got chance of winning any anything, have won uh, beaten two of the massive French teams. Fascinating weekend. Um, uh, Adam, have you, have you what have you made of the the, the balance of power and where it's going? <clears throat> Are you surprised at all? What struck you? Well, it's bizarre. So there's only there's four,
5: only four teams that won both games. Um, if you just said one of those would be Newcastle, or rec- reckon you thought that two weeks ago, you're a liar. I think it's quite interesting, actually. I mean, obviously, Saracen's going, well, Lentz, you've got to say, they're still going to qualify, aren't they? Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I wonder if this might mess up their home quarterfinal and semi final, which helped them out last year.
3: Well, one of the lessons of last year was that they never, ever played away from home, did yeah, they? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Johnny Sexton didn't, but it's they so they got every knockout game at home. and um, got the final at home no they didn't get the final at home they should have got the final at home it was a disgrace it went to Bill wasn't it, it should have been. Yeah, yeah what a terrible weekend <laughs>
5: um, the interesting one for me which Al is going to expand on I think is um, Toulouse seems to be showing a bit of a revival
6: yeah a few years ago I, I went out to Toulouse before the European season started to, to meet some players out there to watch a bit of their training and it was for a piece we did for, for Rugby World um, called Waking the giant because for a long, for many many years, Toulouse had been considered one of the biggest teams, mm. one of the ogres of of European rugby, claiming titles, uh, ugly if they had to win it ugly, but they had players that could, could chuck it back, and then they started faltering, and they've always been incredibly wealthy, they've always been incredibly passionate, but for a few years there, they have been terrible, and a, something's clicked because. Ugo Mola, the head coach, and they've always famously had one of their own, uh, someone from a uh, toulouse um, looking after the team, and it looked like they were gaffing it a bit. Suddenly, that same group are turning it around at the moment, and they're looking incredible. Uh, what I will say is uh, Cheslin Colby probably has a large part to do with that. I mean, we've all enjoyed watching oh, him. Yeah, and actually, we're going to talk to we'll talk about him a little bit later as well. But one of the things that I'm enjoying the most is... Maxime Medard's return. I don't know if he's been
3: cryogenically <coughs> frozen for the last few years or what he's been doing, but I am enjoying seeing him play very much. Yeah, he's been brilliant, hasn't he? Liam, well, I always find it interesting when big name All Blacks come to to Europe, uh, uh, to England, or whatever, and that they. It's very often. It's very common to hear them go, "Oh, well, you know, well, I was really surprised by by you know the how big European rugby was, or or how physically it was, how intense it was." What What do the players say to you about what they find up here?
4: Yeah, it's interesting. On that note, uh, I caught up with Aaron Cruden in, in France, and uh, his first year was very trying because um, just adjusting to the style of rugby, um, the bigger athletes—they um, don't not necessarily um, have the same vision or outlook about. Playing out the back door or running certain lines, so he really, really struggled um, coming to grips with with the style of rugby first and foremost. And um, so I think there is a, a big adjustment in in that regard. Even um, you know you look at um, Toulon, and obviously they're a bit of a shambles at the moment. But you've had um, uh, Julian Severe on the bench there. Mm. You know he, he was he was the best winger in the world not so long ago. Uh, Malakai Fekitoa is wanting out. Sounds like he's going to go to Wasps. So. Um, yeah, I think there's a there's a perception and a reality. You know, a lot of New Zealand players move over for the money, and, and that's great. But there's a reality of um, an adjustment period in terms of getting used to a, a different vision, a different style of rugby. Lima Le- 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 Sopoanga
3: was quite clear about that. Quite, you know, been here a month and said, "Oh, I'm a bit small, and I, I better better head down to the gym." So I mean, that's sort of saying the same ish sort of thing. That we'd rather it wasn't just I've come here and found out that everyone's that they're all big bruises. Oh, I mean, that's I mean that's disappointing, isn't it? Do we ha- we don't have to accept that, do we? Um, Sopawanga, uh, nice, um, uh, great Twitter account. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
4: he's, <laughs> no, he's very open. No, he's, and, uh, he's he's
3: lively and witty, isn't he? Yeah, yeah it's
4: nice to see. Which,
3: I mean, but the number one. um Kiwi Twitter account <coughs> in Euro- European rugby would not be his, would it? Are uh, we talking Julian's wife? or Yeah, I think, uh, <laughs> is it Fatima
4: Sevea? Fatima Sevea, yes. Okay. She's, all, uh, all Ruck listeners are, are advised to go there. Go on, she is... She's very uh, entertaining, shall we say. Not, not short of a quip or a, um, a jibe about the rugby, about... Um, whether there should be cards, religion about going home for Christmas, you know, uh, not afraid to call people out. So, if she's
3: just, generally she's not impressed, <laughs> is she?
4: No, if you feel like a public sparring match, you know, um, step in the ring. Newcastle, do we think that this can carry on going, Adam?
3: Well, so, so they're two from two. <coughs> they now got home and away with Edinburgh, home and away
5: Edinburgh. I mean, which is
3: doable, isn't it?
5: That's doable. I mean, they'll they'll be hoping it doesn't deflect from their Premiership campaign. Cause the bottom of the. Premiership at the moment but they've got a shot of getting in the quarter-finals first time since Johnny days, isn't it 14 years or whatever um, but I just love the, the fact that they went to Toulon on the Sunday won their hotel ran out of beer on the Sunday night and then they backed it up by beating Montpellier at home brilliant yeah I
6: think I mean for those that didn't keep up with it at uh, the weekend to win that game 40th phase ninth minute of extra time that is incredible this is a team that I mean I've spoken about this on on previous podcasts here that they made a habit of when they went on their incredible run last season in the league to, to make the playoffs it wasn't so much that they were getting scoring bonus points because they're just not that kind of team they just Outdogged people, and that's exactly what they've been doing against the French. They've just been outdogging them, and it's been incredible to see. The problem um, here is that they've now, everyone's wondering if they can take that form into the league. They're languishing in the league at the moment, and this Premiership Cup. Has come at entirely the right, the wrong time. Uh, Dean Richards said after the game that he, 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 you know, the guys have earned earned a rest. It's been incredible scenes from them, but they'd want to keep this momentum going, and they need to take this into the league somehow. And you know, if they go on a massive cup run, fantastic. But the thing for them is survival, and the fact that they've now got to go to the Premiership Cup and get some player fringe players in and play effectively second string games doesn't suit them, I'd Suggest I think they, they'd love to keep this momentum going. But
3: w- weren't they? Um so they'll they'll have a bit of Premiership Cup and then they'll go back to the Premiership. Most of the other clubs will be losing players yeah. to the international mm-hmm. scene. Exactly. Um, and as, as we know, if you, if you play for Newcastle, part of the contract England aren't allowed to pick you. Or, uh, <laughs> uh, so so they should be quite strong. So I don't know. I, I I can I can see that both ways. But but as you say, you know they they have uh, hit their stride and, and of course they would like to carry on. This is the Ruck and we will be back in a minute. <laughs>
0: biggest rugby tournament of the year is coming to a Green King pub near you. Watch all the unmissable action live as Europe's top six battle it out for glory in the Six Nations tournament. In and out, in and out, for the line! Leave your rivalries at the door and get their team together to watch the Six Nations. Feel the excitement and the buzz of coming together to enjoy matchday food and drink at your nearest Green King sports pub. In the, corner. the Six Nations
1: and Green King, 18plusdrinkaware.co.uk. The Ruck podcast is proud to be sponsored by Funding Circle and Saracens, British and Irish Lions and England hooker Jamie George is with me to explain how Funding Circle are supporting small and medium sized UK businesses. Because Jamie, you, as well as being a rugby player, are also a small business owner.
2: Yeah, I own a business with uh, a good school friend of mine, Reese Carter. It's called Carter and George. We're a physiotherapy business. Uh, we've been up and running for about six years now. And sort of our strap line is delivering the same level of care I
1: get as a professional sportsman to the general public. If you're looking to improve different parts of your business or hire talent with extra know-how, Funding Circle provides finance that backs you and your business to succeed. Jamie, you want to do the sign off for us? Absolutely. Funding Circle, business finance that backs you. Visit FundingCircle.com to find out
2: how I'm growing my business backed by Funding Circle.
3: Welcome back to the ruck. Okay, so England go into camp uh, for the November internationals. Uh, They've they assembled today, Tuesday. Uh, tomorrow they fly to Portugal, which is obviously the place to go if you're preparing to play South Africa. Anyway, uh, that's it. South, England-South Africa is on Saturday week. Uh, this weekend, uh, the All Blacks will be in Tokyo playing uh, the Low Cup decider against the Wallabies. Um, they're 2-0 up, so um, make of that what you will. Uh, but they, that's their final big preparation, Liam, for they come to Europe, and they have... England Ireland consecutive weekends. Uh, I mean, that's sort of the those are the big tickets of uh, the biggest tickets of what will be an epic November. So let's have some, a, a proper focus on the All Blacks now, now that you're here to tell us how good they are. Can you can you put a frame of comparison uh, on this All Blacks now to four years ago? They just um, had a really fascinating close uh, double with South Africa, one one lost one. Um, uh, uh, you know, again, Northern Hemisphere insecurity. or they're invincible. With you know, has is everyone ever ever going to
4: beat them in a World Cup? So, what's your view on, on where they stand at the moment? Yeah, i have been mulling this over. I'm not sure they are necessarily as strong as they were four years ago. If you think back, they had a wealth of experience going into that 2015 World Cup. You know, McCaw, Carter, Mialamo, uh, Nonu, Conrad, Smith. Mm. those guys aren't there now they've they've gone about building that depth and they've probably got um, greater depth now than they had then but you can't replace experience and I think at times this year we've seen those vulnerabilities um, against this, the Springboks in particular and there are other vulnerabilities that the All Blacks have shown against organised rush defence um, on the short side they've been exposed there with some of their big men not getting into position quick enough and um, under the high ball at times as well so I think there's a few unknowns about the All Blacks and that only only builds the excitement and, and, and anticipation when you talk about these two headline tests at the end of the year. Um, it's going to really reveal a lot about where where they are at as much as it will England and Ireland. If, if there's
3: anything that we know about how to beat the All Blacks, as you say, it's the speed of the defence. I mean, that's where the Lions gained parity and won their, won their one test and drew that series, isn't it? I mean... That's presumably something that Steve Hansen's working on over and over and over again to work out how to counter that.
4: Yeah, and it's not just rushing in the midfield, it's closing down the wide channels as well because, as we've seen, with the cross-field kick with skip balls or, or um, backdoor plays, you can you can get around rush defence, but if you, if you organise and you can do it in the wide channels, then you can really shut teams down, so... And the other interesting scenario around that is how much of your hand do you want to show now with the World Cup, <coughs> less than a year away? Well,
3: don't say that he's
4: just playing a game
3: here. Is he? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's only, he hasn't played any of his top cards yet. It's Gone. like, it's like well, when Ronnie O'Sullivan uses his
6: other hand to pop balls. Yeah. OK, <laughs> All right, well, he's
5: suck of me. Go on, Adam. I went to see Nick Evans last week at Harlequin's the former All Blacks fly-off, and he said, don't read too much into it. He said, you know it's all about the World Cup he recalled before a few games a couple of years ago they didn't kick at all even though they're one of the biggest kicking teams in the, in the world and he said basically all oh, bets are off until next year
4: If you've got a way around rush defence that you think well, we'll, why would you show it now and then allow teams a chance to go back and, and, and analyse that and then you have to come up with something new again I'm not saying that's what they'll do but Plus, you know, they've
6: conscripted every male of age in New Zealand to be part of their greater squads to go to Japan. So,
4: well, they've got right. Brad Shields, have they? <laughs> <laughs> no,
6: but there's—I mean, what there's, they've got—a squad of two hundred, is it? Somewhere
4: yeah, two hundred fifty-nine. Yeah, yeah.
3: So, what, what was the sort of state of general depression back in New Zealand after that that South Africa defeat? I mean,
4: people taking weeks off work, general depression. Yeah, the government didn't collapse, which was probably a step forward for for New Zealand, but. Um, uh, it was certainly a state of shock. I mean, they, they dominated that match. Some real naivety, you could even say arrogance to a point for not setting up for the drop goal. Um, they came within you know, inches, had Damien McKenzie's hand not been knocked and they got the pass and they scored, but they didn't. So, uh, yeah, there was some great lessons out of that for them. But then in South Africa, uh, that's, you know, for uh, 60 minutes um, they were completely dominated, so mm. you know there's a lot for them to work on, and, and they haven't been anywhere near their peak this year. I think it's actually it's an incredible thing to see everyone
6: saying what it means for world rugby to see South Africa and New Zealand going toe to toe again, and we've all enjoyed watching it, but actually, it probably has a greater repercussion for the World Cup as well. So, this Bledisloe 12 or whatever it is that's being played in Yokohama this weekend uh, as as I've said on this podcast before, lucky enough last November to go and watch a test match in uh, in Yokohama fantastic set up there but they've not exactly set the world alight in terms of ticket sales um, and there are quite a few people disappointed by the potential turn up, now Japan's a country where if it's a nice day 10,000 people could just rock up to the stadium on the day and try and get in everyone hopes that that will happen for the Bledisloe but actually New Zealand versus South Africa in the first round of the World Cup is being played in Yokohama. And if you get that full excitement with all the eyes of the world on it, what an incredible thing to see. And so, you know, it's, it's, it might be painful to see a loss there. And also, South Africa could have <coughs> won it in the last game against them in the Rugby Championship, and they brought the cavalry on and threw it away. It, it's, a, it's a fascinating narrative, but also it means probably a lot for the context of the Rugby World <coughs> Cup as well.
5: Yeah, yeah. because it's historically... The box and the key was one of the great rivalries, and it's been, you know, going back to sort of 1939. You've
6: literally written the
3: book
5: on it. Sorry, 1949. It. I've written the book on
3: it. Yeah. yeah. So it's good to see them sort of competing again. Okay, some straightforward questions. Liam, Bowden Barrett or Richie Moanga as your
4: as your All Black ten. Bowden Barrett for me, but there are a lot of people in New Zealand that believe he is a better fullback than he is the first five.
3: Alan and Adam, if you could have three, if you could just take three All Blacks. And find that they're they're also um, have grandparents and parents like Brad Shields who come from Newbury. Um, three All Blacks that you'd like in an England shirt.
5: Adam. Oh, I've written down Aaron Smith, Dane Cole's, even though he's been off for most of this oh, year. Good, and is. with England's pro- midfield problems, I'd have Sonny Bill.
6: That's interesting because because uh,
3: he hasn't said Retallick.
6: Yes, Retallick mm. is the first name I've written down. Yeah, well, um, because I mean, they'd in, take Marrow, wouldn't injuries they? with England. You can play six; it's fine. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Ben Smith. I'm just always going to say Ben. When you ask me a question like this, I'm just always going to chuck Ben Smith in there. Ben Smith with his computer brain at the back for
3: England. Yeah, that'd be deadly stuff. Do you think that Ben Smith is that far ahead of Elliot Daly? I mean, you, you what sounds, a man to, what a man to, to learn the, from for Elliot like, Daly. Well, I think you know, in t- five years' time or four years' time, I think Daly's on. These uh, they're similarish players clever, fast, um, don't make many mistakes, but, um, sorry, so you gone retallic, Hold on, are you actually drilling deep down into this hypothetical question that you've asked us? <laughs> no, I'm not. Okay. What did you say, retallic, Ben Smith, and did you have a ben third? Ben Smith, they didn't say a third, but... I okay, because you don't think that many but, will but get I, in. But well, I think Boden, yeah. I think if you put Boden Barrett at, at 10, you can then revert back to the style of uh, putting Farrell at 12. Okay, and then... Liam, this is the, this is the question where, where you could make yourself very unpopular if you wanted to. <laughs> um, but how many England's, England players would
4: or could compete for a place in the All Blacks starting 15? Yeah, well, we'll stick with that line. Compete, you know, within the dis- <laughs> <laughs> within the, the discussion. Uh, I think any guy that can play 10 and 12 at international level has to be there. So, uh, Owen Farrell, who, uh, in my opinion, should definitely start at 10 for England. Um, I think the Vonnie brothers would be... Yeah. Am- amazing in an all black team you give them front football you have them crashing you use them well you have them running at weak shoulders they would be uh, unreal would Marco have to grow a moustache like Big Carl mm. <laughs> he might wear a mullet the mullets, okay, yeah. mullet's in vogue has Liam Squire still got that mullet <laughs> him and Brodie Retellick and they're trying to recruit so if you fancy getting on board does it do a border control have anything, <laughs> any mullet <laughs>
3: problems you're not allowed yeah. in with, it, with that haircut sir <laughs> Um, so for you, Farrell and the Van okay, and, and Atoghe would have to be there as a lock loose forward option as well. Okay, well, thanks. So, so they'd compete anyway. that's we'll go that far. <laughs> yeah, okay, to <that's> right. <laughs> <Yeah.
4: laughs>
3: be done. Um, so the okay, the England team, as we say, they're now in camp. Uh, one of the standout performances of the weekend was um, the aforementioned Mario Atoje oh. playing six for Saracens. England, the England back row is uh, a strange place because no one really knows what Eddie Jones will do with it um, probably most of all himself Adam what happens <coughs> when you take Billy Vinopola out of a team well it's amazing how the
5: unavailability of one player sort of reverberates through the whole team so the lack of uh, Billy as a big ball carrier that could, that could have an impact on the midfield because Eddie obviously wants to he wants to go forward so I'd probably like to pick someone like Tuolagui or Teo that in turn affects number 10 etc 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 I mean he's going to pick this back row but I mean, I've got four combinations written down there um, first things first launch of his absence so I keep Itoji in the second row um, I'd agree with that then that gives gives you an eight this is a tough one Morgan's the ball carrier um, so probably stick with him Tom Curry only plays six minutes at the weekend though I'm not sure what's wrong with him and at six I've got Rhodes or Wilson both I mean Rhodes is um he can carry he hits hard and hits hard hits hard and hits often as Eddie says what have you got Alan um, well, I'd actually had
6: written down Curry, Rhodes, and Morgan, but also there are uh, lots of different permutations. Rhodes, you're chucking straight in there, and you're just hoping that if he's got a partnership with, if you say Itoji and Cruz are the second row combinations, then you go right. Well, let's let's double down on this this Saracens link. Uh, Rhodes is an absolute workhorse. Uh, there are very few players in the league that follow a guy who's made a half break or a carry through a gap like him, Hmm. Uh, he's just a great supporting player, but we haven't actually seen that much of someone like Shields, for example to say, right, we can write him off completely this is the problem, is that whatever selection he goes in the pack Eddie Jones is going to have to roll the dice and put together some combinations that we haven't really seen, because up until this point he he has kept picking similar teams over and over again, and brought guys in the squad but never really used them, so now it's time to see what what they can do. I
3: mean, he's that, is and that and he's in a win, can't win situation is he because fi- finally he's been forced to pick new people and we're going, "Oh, well, yeah, he should've done that but, ages ago."
6: Yeah, true, but he's going to have to wear it whatever happens. So let's,
5: you know, he, let's see what he can do, I suppose. He was remarkably relaxed last week. Do, do you think he thinks he's got a free hit of this? He's got so many injuries.
3: We're then saying is he happy he's got an excuse? Um that's that's what you're saying, isn't it? Yeah. Um <laughs> I, th- I think he'd rather believe in a polar and-, and less of an excuse, personally. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But he's no experience in there.
5: I mean, that's one of... Th- I know he hasn't played since 2015, but he's got 30-odd caps, Ben Morgan. And if you're going to chuck in someone like Zach Mercer there as well, it leaves you a bit light in the back row of caps, doesn't it?
3: If you if you had a year to bed it in and you say 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 you're going to accept that Vinopolo is going to be injured for the World Cup, which is obviously possible given his record, the year to bed in you you go and and you can't pick Nathan Hughes because he's on Twitter. Um, with, <laughs> it's, a, with, it's a liability. With, with the year to, with the year to bet in, you would probably go uh, Curry, Rhodes, and Zach Mercer about yeah, wouldn't yeah, you? Sure. But you can't pick them now against the Springboks against and the, and the All Blacks on consecutive weeks. So oh, can you? Well, well, you can, well, you can if you if you're with Adam, you with Andy go. Oh, it's a free hit, doesn't matter. But does does a free hit work if if they if they get smashed and, they get and smashed? Yeah. You know. You know, do, do you win? Do you, do you gain by by that sort of experience? Or well, maybe
5: of, if they've done better in the last six or seven games.
3: Liam, would, would, would the All Blacks um, be targeting Ireland more than England, or concerned with Ireland more than England, or?
4: Yeah, it's reasonably boring, isn't it? But the All Blacks, they won't overlook England at all. Uh, and, and from a New Zealand rugby, pers- from a New Zealand punter perspective, uh, if there's one nation that you don't want to lose to, it's the English. The England, Australia, in a reasonably close quarters there. Uh, but it's a funny one, isn't it? Because when England were on that hot streak, we uh, everyone was, was gunning for that. You know, if you look back a year ago, there was talk about potentially... Um, the All Blacks in England fitting in a an add-on fixture at, at, at Twickenham, um, that didn't come to pass. And then, you know, the results change, and um, Ireland atop top of the log, you know, in terms of those heavyweight seedings So now, from a, a, a competitive point of view, we are looking more forward more to Ireland, but. Um, that week at Twickenham um, it's going to be fascinating you know tickets sold out you could have sold that match out 20 times over so well they've rebuilt these stands especially for it pretty much Uh, yeah I think it's about
5: it's, well I think There's it's over 1500 quid for hospitality for that game something is like So
3: how you're doing the game that day Of course i will mean. yeah, be doing it from there I've bought 15 tickets Thanks
4: All right well I'll be joining <laughs> The All Blacks now if, if they lose that they'll never hear the end of it so <laughs> they, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> What are you trying to say <laughs> They they, uh, they won't be taking England likely no matter how many injuries they've got Okay
3: now listen one player that we can say for pretty much for certain won't be playing against the All Blacks on the 10th of November is Christian Wade uh, Christian Wade announced uh, at the end of last week uh, helpfully on a, uh, late on a Thursday evening which wasn't very good for newspapers well he hasn't it? actually announced anything alright uh, Christian uh, <laughs> Christian Wade has announced nothing <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but between these smart minds we understand that he's never going to play rugby for wasps again yeah. or probably not he's decided he wants to go and uh, ha- have a go at American football Um so what does this tell us about the world and the meaning of it, Alan? Well, first of all, do you think he has a decent chance of making it in American football?
6: He's against it. He's... What's the phrase? He's peeing into the wind. <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> in the summer, I was lucky enough to go out and speak to some NFL coaches for a, for a piece I was doing for a Rugby World, and... Um, One of the things that kept coming up was the vast difference in how kids learn how to play sport, particularly in America. There's a real playbook culture in America. A couple of coaches I spoke to said that... uh, that that's one of the things that's most difficult for anyone crossing over there was a suggestion that people that in the past had crossed over from other western sports to go and play it might have lasted a season alright but as soon as there's a coaching change or a regime change or someone wants to play in a different style you have to learn an entirely new playbook with all it's permutations on attack, defence and special teams and it's something that kids are taught from very young age to go to to learn from. Now if you take someone like Christian Wade who is fantastic in what you'd call chaos Hmm. American athletes aren't taught well how to deal with chaos. It's something that you might be able to do as a veteran coming in at his age you can't just slot in and go I'm going to be the kick returner because that is within a structure that has all these different permutations that has this textbook as thick as your head Um, where you've got to learn all these different plays. So he's up against it, but also it depends on what avenue he goes down. So Jared Hayne, for example, who went from Rugby League, went as an undrafted free agent. He was working with people one-on-one that had a connection with the club to teach him the basic vagaries of the game. And then they took a punt on him. That didn't work out. So is someone going to take another punt on him and do the same thing? Or is he going to go through IMG's academy? which is where we've seen Christian uh, Scott Williamson go through, where we've seen Alex Gray go through, to go on to essentially practice teams for a couple of years. Is that the avenue we're going to? The other part is, just, just well, like, how exciting is that, though? Fair play to him going, you know what, I'm going to give this a crack and see how it goes. If it fails, what an incredible story he has to tell about his journey going on for it. And it's not like rugby are going to go, well, you can't sto- come back now, mate. he has got a better story if it, if it succeeds. Absolutely, but, um, but still really with his point of view if he's just disillusioned with the game as we've all been led to believe then why not have a go oh, I,
3: I, I like that I, I like to have a go but, but, but you've just said it disillusioned with the way it's gone over here so Adam do, do you think that this is uh, the the a statement that says small for small people sorry it's all
5: over over here uh, I don't think so but it's not just yet but it's certainly going that way I mean the guy is well as you all know an incredible finisher his defence is much improved he's good under the high ball now he's, he knows he's not going to get a look in with England he's, when he's 27 he's only won one cap um, I can't blame him for having a crack to be honest but I also think it is like when you see guys like Joe Cock and Seagra playing on the wing for Bath at 18 plus stone or whatever then maybe it is going that way
6: oh, sorry just to jump in here this is why I said earlier that I'd be bringing Cheslin Colby up again Because Cheslin Colby is I not an enormous
3: bloke I couldn't work out where he was yeah, scripted right. in earlier on <laughs> <laughs> And
6: He's not an enormous bloke But he is lighting things up for Toulouse and he is back in the mix For the Springboks Now Springboks very famously would say The beefiest team going They're tearing up the script a little bit Trying to make exceptions here They're bringing people in and out of the squad That can offer something a point of difference mm. Is the phrase that we always hear in sport So there are avenues there If you've got the right people willing to take mm.
3: a punt well, I was going to say, so Liam, I mean, if if he was an, if he was a Kiwi, uh, then it, there would be more opportunity for him. I mean, the the
4: name name in Milner Scudder sort of uh, comes straight up. Damien McKenzie. Damien McKenzie's a classic yeah. one. Yeah, uh, look at what Nihi um, did on the on the the ultimate stage of World Cup in in twenty fifteen. He was one of the best players at that tournament. His his step. Um, And McKenzie's ability to light up a match I think these players particularly in the last quarter when some of the bigger boys are tiring uh, can be absolutely lethal they can change the game Um, so having I think rugby is still a game for all shapes and sizes but um, I mean those little guys must just get absolutely crushed you know if you think of how they'd wake up the next day um, from some of those collisions they don't take as many as as the props Um, but it's increasingly challenging for them to survive. Um, I don't think you see as many as as you did. You know they tend to be confined to a halfback or or, or something like that. So Do you
3: think he, he would have more chance in New Zealand though of,
4: of making international rugby. I well, the other th- I, I, he, I, that's my assumption. He's 27, so if he played one match, he'd be able to make three times his salary over here. So that'd probably be more his avenue than the the NFL. Um, so you know that's what happens to guys on the fringe in New Zealand. They they, they tend to they're leaving now um, at that at that age. You know you look look at Sapwanger and and uh, Lua Tua and Curden and and the list goes on. So if, if if you're not in the starting All Blacks team, you tend to leave at that age. So so that's probably. So
3: he's it. made a similar decision as in he's just, he's, he says he's not working for me on the international stage. Therefore I'm going. The players you just mentioned have gone to Europe to play the same game.
4: Yeah,
5: essentially. And I'm assuming he hasn't got some, he won't have anybody in the NFL who's guaranteed him
3: 500 grand a year already, has he? Has he
4: talked to Paul Lasecki? Oh.
3: Just get oh, your don't know not No, we don't. we uh, find uh, out. Infuriating <laughs> that you've got us there. Um, uh, gents, we need to move on to the uh, regular closing feature of this podcast. um uh, God or Goddess of the Week uh, who has done it for you who's impressed, who is going to be just uh, delighted by the fact that they win our weekly accolade um, uh, we'll go across the panel Alan, who would be your God or Goddess of the Week Can we nominate the colour sky blue uh, after, <laughs> after Glasgow versus the Cardiff Blues
6: <laughs> and they wore pretty much identical Do you know kits. what
3: If, if Jonesy was, was hosting this podcast he'd go no because he's very strict and um, uh, I'm a bit more liberal so you can do what you want
6: well well <laughs> that or actually um, New Zealand women, uh, Ruby Tui won the player player of the final in the, the Sevens, the, F- the Sevens World Series is kicking off again and New Zealand women have kicked on from their Commonwealth and uh, World Cup wins of last season and they've won the opening event in Colorado of the Sevens World Series Ruby T- Tui was uh, woman of the match for that one so player of the match for that one uh, so I'd, I'd probably nominate her actually.
4: Very good, Liam just on that, I would go as far to say that at the moment the Black Ferns are the most dominant rugby team on the planet. Um, what they've done recently, and there's three players nominated for the world rugby sevens player there, yeah. the and they're all Black Ferns. That they are a phenomenal team. So, um, very good point there. Uh, I'm going to punt for Manu Tuilangi. I think he. I watched that. Um, Leicester-Scarlet's game and if there was one player I would be very concerned about from an All Blacks perspective <laughs> it would it would be him what what is that? That's beautifully rolling back the years to 2012
3: where famously I put £500 on uh, on the All Blacks to win I also lost a bet I also lost a bet on that <laughs> one I, I, had a, I had a free £500 bet, bet from uh, William Hill and thought I just want to get the money back and I, I put it on to, the I, All Blacks I had to sing what the English National Anthem in front
6: of Buckingham Palace wearing an England shirt after that game because I was so convinced that New Zealand were going to win it's one of the most painful moments of my life Can that. we? Can we... Tom Hamilton of ESPN the bet was with and he filmed the whole
3: thing yeah. it's on YouTube we will uh, advise people to download immediately and uh, Adam
5: um, showing my age with my love of all things
3: old school so I'm going to go for Dean Richards oh, that's with and, me and what he did with his uh, Newcastle team over the last couple of weeks OK, since I was going to say exactly the same, and uh, I have the cast in vote, Dean Richards is our God of the Weekend. Yes, just sir. imagine how pleased he's going to be. He'll be delighted. He will absolutely be basking in it.
6: I can't believe that I was the only person that nominated the colour, considering how much red was shown at the weekend. But that's, <laughs> that's a different
3: conversation. Clever. Too clever. Um, gents, thank you very much indeed. Liam, great to have you on. We'd love to have you back. Uh, we uh, move now onto uh, international rugby uh, there is a special special coming next week and I don't think I'm allowed to say who it is yet, um, that's just to keep uh, uh, you lovely listeners on the edge of your seats uh, Alan, Liam and Adam thanks very much indeed uh, come back to the Ruck next week it's been a pleasure having you, thank you very much
6: My name's Alan Dimmick. Um I made a bold call on Twitter a couple of days ago saying that if England beat New Zealand I stand outside the Queen's gaff. I'd sing the an national anthem wearing the red rose. I thought it was a sure thing. God save our gracious queen. God live our noble queen. God save the queen.
3: Send her be-
1: Thanks for listening to the Ruck podcast. We're delighted to be teaming up with Funding Circle and Funding Circle ambassador Jamie George is with me. All right, Jamie. Hello. Hello. How are you? All good. Good, good. So away from Saracens and England, Duty, you are a business owner and Funding Circle is a huge supporter of small and medium sized UK businesses. How have they helped you?
2: Yeah, so uh, I've got a business with a friend of mine. It's a physiotherapy business, effectively delivering the same level of care I get as a professional sportsman to the general public. And we've been looking to expand and grow the business as quickly as we can. And with the financial products that Funding Circle have done, we
1: wouldn't have been able to do it without them. So Funding Circle has been supporting small businesses with access to the finance they need to grow since 2010. And they know that like rugby, running a business takes hard work, drive And a good team supporting you. If you want to invest in your business and take your team to the next level, Funding Circle provides finance that backs you and your business to succeed. Visit FundingCircle.com to find out how Jamie is growing his business backed by Funding Circle. Jamie, can you do the honours? Funding Circle, business finance that backs you.
0: Six Nations and six amazing chances to win an unforgettable adventure for you and five mates in a Six Nations European host city of your choice. To take part, enter online now at greenking.co.uk slash rugby. Six Nations, six mates and six international rugby getaways worth £3,000. Scrum down and sign up to win at greenking.co.uk slash rugby and watch all the Six Nations action live at your local Green King pub. Terms and conditions apply. 18 plus, Drinkaware.co.uk